Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of the I Just Blank Now What podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another Now What Wednesday. It is the first Wednesday of the month, and I know everyone is used to getting a solo show from me to kick off the month. However, we've had to change up the schedule because I got sick and wasn't able to produce a full episode on my own in time for our launch date. So we decided to pull forward an amazing guest episode and launch that one instead. My wonderful friend, Isabel Prosper, is going to be on the podcast with me today sharing her story of becoming a first-time older mom, which is something that's becoming much, much more common as more of us delay starting our families lots of fertility things, you know, potentially postponing people's family plans like for us. And um, it was just such a wonderful conversation to have. So that is what you'll be getting today on the show. And I will hopefully be coming to you live with a solo show a little bit later on in the month. But without further ado, let's get to what we're going to be talking about today. So Isabel, as I mentioned, first time older mom, she's married with a two-year-old that she birthed at what's considered the advanced maternal age. As a social being, she easily met new moms at baby and mom events and always found that she was the oldest of the group. Sure, it's easy to make connections, but really connecting with shared experiences was not happening for her. As an older first-time mom, Isabel decided it was time to proactively seek out her peers. So she turned to the online communities. More than that, she decided to start interviewing women on their motherhood journey later in life. And that's how the First Time Moms Beyond 35 podcast was born. So this was such a great conversation. I'm excited to share it with you all. This is something that definitely resonates with me. Had I become a mom, I definitely would have fell into this camp of being older than 35. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to share this with all of you. And hopefully some of it will resonate and help you guys who are out there having families a little bit older than the average. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbonne 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. 
Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people feel fit and their best with this amazing program. It's definitely not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And if you want to live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 Days to Healthy Living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that Healthy Living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Well, hello, Isabel. Hello, Jessica. So excited to see you. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, I'm excited for our episode today and you sharing your story. I think it's one that will resonate actually with a lot of people because as a generation, we have, you know, postponed motherhood a little later than our parents did. And so more Mm -hmm. and more women are becoming mothers for the first time in their late thirties, early forties. And so I'm really excited to hear your experience of becoming a first time mom Mm -hmm. at a little bit of an older age Mm -hmm. and what that was like for you. So, you know, maybe before we jump into that, tell everybody a little bit about you. I always like my guests to share in their own words, a few things about themselves. So what do you want the people to know? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so yes, I'm Isabel Prosper, and I'm a new mom at an older age. My background basically was in, I did a lot of business development sales in media, and then I moved over into small enterprise. And I also was doing recruiting for quite some time. And somewhere along the way, I met my husband and it was later in life. Like in life, I always felt like, you know, by the time I was going to be 32, I was going to be married and having kids. And it's an image that I think a lot of people probably paint when you kind of visualize that life path, but life takes its turns and throws you punches and also throws you surprises, great ones. And life has been great. You know, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed my twenties. I enjoyed my thirties and I met my husband in my thirties. And we dated for quite some time. And fortunately, you know, I knew that he was the person I was going to spend my life with. And we both had something in common. We knew that we wanted to have a set of values and raise a family and and all that. But we spent a lot of time traveling before we decided to start building a family. Mm -hmm. And now that we have our daughter, I have poured into her life. I've been a stay-at-home mom for three years and now transitioning into, you know, building community. I love to build community. And in fact, even before I had my daughter, I was doing a bit of that in the startup community. Jessica knows I'm from Canada, but I've relocated to the US. So I do live in the Dallas Metroplex. And and here I and and even beyond this place because of the online world, I am connecting with women to find out their experiences and share their stories of becoming mothers later in life. I love that because it is definitely a growing community of people who, for whatever reason, start their motherhood journey a little later in life. I was just like you too. I had this idea in my head of like, 
okay, I'm going to date. I'm going to meet my future husband. We're going to date. We're going to be married by 27. We'll have our first kid by 30. And I didn't even meet my my husband until I was 30, turning 31. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like rewrite the timeline and figure (laughs) things out. Um, And then, you know, obviously now, you know, careers are also taking, you know, a little bit more of a focus for women before starting families. And then infertility is also a Mm -hmm. a huge factor in why some families are starting a little later on in life than, than others. So yeah. So rewind the clock for us. Tell us a little bit about you know, your experience of a conceiving at a little bit Mm -hmm. older age and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, did you need help or was that, you know, easy easy process for you? And then what it felt like to be pregnant and have a daughter (laughs) a little bit older. Sure. Yeah. My journey is an interesting one. So pretty much I, and uh, you can connect with this because I know you shared your story to to the group as well Mm -hmm. or to your community. I had fibroids and I coped with them for about 11 years. Now, in that time frame, I was not trying to get pregnant. This is even before I met my husband. I was, you know, dealing with this problem. And I just learned to get comfortable with it. It became part of my life. And I planned everything around the fact that I was going to be in pain and suffering in this way for, you know, a few days and then move on. But when I met my husband, I started to actually see if I can solve the problem. And I started to have a reality check that no woman should deal with this, you know, and at some point we are going to have children and I can't expect that it's going to be an easy breezy thing when I still have these fibroids. So I did. How how large were yours? Cause I know mine were grapefruit size. Were yours large as well? Yeah. So, so I, I, the first, I did my first surgery. The first time it was discovered, I had, uh, it was like the size of a lemon. So that wasn't, that wasn't too big. And then, you know, I did a laparoscopy procedure to have that removed. And then the following year it grew back. And so, you know, again, back to that size again. So I did another laparoscopic myomectomy, they call it, or fibroid resection. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think those terms are used interchangeably. And then after that, I was like, this is so crazy that they keep coming back. And part of it is always doing it to myself. Like the reality is uh, there are some things like I needed to change my diet, but I was like still in love with having so much sugar, which was (laughs) eating the fibroids, right? So part of it is a problem that I know I induced. But anyway, fast forward, I ended up having fibroids again. And this time as large as like you're saying, yours was grapefruit size. I did have one that was a grapefruit size and, and then many other small ones, like lots. And Mm -hmm. so I did a massive open myomectomy. They call it, sorry, they call it open abdominal surgery. So I did, I did that in 2017. And at that stage I had been married for three years. And so, yeah, it was time to do that. And I knew I had to do it because now my husband and I were actually planning to have a baby. And so we talked through it. I postponed the surgery for like a year. My, my OB had been telling me, you have to do this. If you really want to have children, this is the next step. And then I was referred to a fertility doctor. So the fertility specialist, because I was already 35, anyone over 35 usually gets referred to a fertility specialist just to get everything checked out. Mm -hmm. And so since I was beyond that age, that had to be done. And I was a little bit nervous. I thought, do I really need to have to go see this person? I don't want this person to refer me to IVF. I don't need IVF. I don't want IVF. That's these thoughts that were going through my mind. That was going to be what happened. And anyway, so I went to the, the specialist as a second opinion as to whether or not I really needed to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. And that specialist pretty much threw out the statistics saying, look, here are your odds 
of having a child with or without this surgery of, of you know, removing this fibroid. And the, the statistic he showed me was like 5% or less. Yeah. And then he also showed me something interesting. He showed me what the statistic was of getting pregnant for a healthy woman in her twenties. And it was like every month, the percentage of the likelihood of getting pregnant was like 15 to 25%. And I was like, what? I thought it was like easy to get pregnant in your twenties. I thought you'd easily get pregnant overnight. You know, first that, time that's what they <laughs> tell us when we're younger, right? how right? easily it is to get pregnant. <laughs> Be so careful. If only we knew that it was actually not that easy. That's right. Yes. And so once I got that information, and sort of that scare, I decided, you know what, there's no way around this. I know I want children and I have to remove this fibroid. And so I did that surgery after tons of prayer. I always go to God with prayer yeah. and um, I did it and it was successful. And I tell women now that that was the, one of the best decisions in my life. And so the next question might be, well, how soon did you get pregnant after that? Well, so I had to wait a period of time to obviously allow my womb to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think it was about three months I had a waiting period of three months before yeah, same, they, they could give me yeah. the green light. Yeah. And then after that, I did an HSG, which is that exam that they put the ink in to the um, uterus and they want to see if the floating tubes are open, if everything's healthy. And uh, it was. And so I had the green light and it was like within just a few months that we were pregnant. So Yay. yeah, yes. It was amazing. It was awesome. And it happened at a time when I had actually forgotten I had forgotten about trying so of course like once we had the green light we started trying but like I wasn't tracking and paying attention to every single thing and like oh we got to do it now we have this window like I let go of that you weren't in cycle monitoring phase yeah I let go of that and we were actually on vacation having a great time and the vacation was in Mexico and so when we came back my husband and I talked a little bit about the whole Zika threat this is in 2018. And so since we were trying to conceive, we thought, well, he suggested that it's probably a good idea that I just go and do the test because he had some cold symptoms and maybe I had been exposed. So mm-hmm. I went and got checked. I was going in for a Zika test, but guess what? I, I had a pregnancy test. And yes, it was amazing. And I was Yay. already at that stage. I think it was like seven weeks. I had no idea. It was awesome. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to hear that your conception story was, you know, kind of a little bit easy breezy. Yes. I would say that. Yes. Yeah. Especially for, you know, quote unquote, the age that we were. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so crazy how in the fertility space, but, or even just in pregnancy, you know, post 35, it's referred to as a geriatric pregnancy. I think it's like the worst term ever. Like way to make a woman feel great about her body is call her geriatric (laughs) at 35. But yeah, so yeah, you really did have quite an easy road once those fibroids were out of the way. Right. Exactly. Yes. And I don't, I mean, I guess I'll never know because I wasn't trying when I had the fibroid. So I'll never know whether I would have got pregnant or not, but it's probably better that I wasn't trying at that stage because that could have led to another host of issues. If I actually did get pregnant with like tons of fibroids. Yeah. Same, same on my case. They told me, you know, if you got pregnant with your fibroids, I would be considered high risk. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. not only just because of age, but because of just, there's, there is another thing occupying this womb that should not be. And mm-hmm. uh, sh- that fetus sharing space yeah, um, is, gonna ma- is, is dangerous. Safe. It's 
not safe. Yeah. So, okay. Well, all right. So you conceive kind of easy breezy and how was pregnancy for you at an older age? Also, I'll tell you, I was very fortunate. That was easy breezy too. And I feel like all the years of having a bad cycle is is why I had all the grace during the pregnancy. You know, it's like I had a few cramps here and there. I never had morning sickness. You know, sometimes I was tired, but like I wasn't a slug tired, you know, like a lot of people get really fatigued. Mm -hmm. I wasn't super fatigued. I was still able to exercise and have that energy. It wasn't until the final, like when I was in my seventh month, like seven and a half months or so, that's when I did take a flight. I traveled. It was only about two and a half hour flight. I flew from Dallas to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And on that flight, I suddenly had the most excruciating back pain. And after that, I had told my husband, I said, okay, this is going to be my last trip. I'm not flying anymore. I think it's, I just got to stay put in Dallas until, you know, after we give birth. <laughs> and that, but then other than that, no, I didn't have anything. It's hard to say people, people sometimes ask me, well, did you have any like cravings? I always have cravings for stuff anyway. So it's hard like, to, that's a normal day for me over here. So hard to <laughs> exactly. say whether that was the baby or just me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There was only one thing that was like bizarre was that I hated the smell of cilantro for about a month. Okay. That's it. I still eat, I still eat chicken and all that. Yeah. I think, you know, you had suffered for so long with so many bad cycles, you know, for so many years with your five boys. I think they just decided like, let's just give her a nice, easy pregnancy. She's, she's earned it. (laughs) Okay. So I guess, you know, physically your pregnancy at a a little bit of an older age was Mm probably no different than somebody who mm-hmm. was in, you know, prime conception age. Mm-hmm. So what, what was kind of like the turning point for you in your whole process? Was it after she was born where you're like being an older mom, I'm now, mm-hmm. this feels this emotionally and mentally, physically, this feels mm-hmm. harder. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I think I, I have to say for anyone who's potentially going through this as well, that during those weeks of uh, pregnancy, of course, there were more tests. So I did have to go to more appointments than probably, you know, a woman who's in her 20s or early 30s would have. There was that, but that was not a big deal, really. But afterwards, yes, when I gave birth and I, it was time to get out of the home because my baby was ready for like being out in fresh air and, you know, seeing more people. And also for me, when you've been at home with your child for a couple of months, you start to feel really hungry for people. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so I started going out to the mommy and me events, the library for like story times. And then, you know, just wanting to be in a place that I could meet other moms so I could make friends that we could relate to the motherhood experience. And I love meeting people. I love connecting with all walks of life, any age at any time. I I love it. I just love people. But what I found was that all the moms I was meeting were also like 10 years younger, sometimes 15 years younger. So that gives you kind of an indication of how old I am. (laughs) And I think part of it might have to do with me being in the South. I mean, in the South, this is the Bible Belt. So of course, there are people that are getting married at like 21 years old, you know, and they're having their children before they turn 25. And that's normal, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's a different space yeah. than versus who- if you were maybe living in the Northeast or back here in Canada, you yeah. know, there might've been a few more older. Sure. Yes. Right. Exactly. Where you yeah. are. Yeah. Right. And since then, like now that my daughter's three and I've met a lot more people, I have met 
other moms that are like 35, they just turned 35, but they have a five-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. which, which is getting closer to me, but, but still, it's a little, it's still a little bit of a shift from having a, your first child when you're in your late thirties and early forties. But all that to say, I felt like, well, I know that this demographic is growing. So where are all these women? And I want to talk to them and I want to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, charged to go out and, you know, find them. And I didn't necessarily think I'd find them just being out physically. So I had to turn to the online communities and uh, joined groups online. There, there are a few, several that exist already. And it's a great place for women to support each other and encourage each other and, and then all that. And then I decided, well, it's a good idea to start talking and getting these stories shared on an audio format, because as a mom, you're always busy, whether you work full time or you're stay at home, doesn't matter. You're still always super, you have a ton of tasks to do every day. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be easier to listen to stories. So like even me, you know, I listen to, to podcasts while I'm cooking while I'm cleaning. And then I feel more productive. I'm not just doing this daunting task that I probably don't want to do, but I'm learning at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I started digging to find these women. I thought, let's get these women to share their stories. And, you know, I'm making friendships through it and also inspiring others. And then for some people, while the woman who's being interviewed, while she's sharing her story, she's also feeling, you know, like she's empowering others. And that's something that's awesome for her too. And while being heard and seen and validated yeah, in her, exactly. her experience, yes, right? Yes, yeah. precisely. Yes. And I try to bring experts on as well so that they can give us insight too on how to treat our bodies and, and minds and everything as well on this journey of trying to conceive. And then the journey of like, just actually already being a, a mom and trying to be young because the reality is now that we've had a child at 40, that means that our, they're going to be with us for 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe 20 years. So you want to be a young 60 year old. You want to be as young as possible. You know, yeah. I think that's so you hit the nail on the head. Like so many people don't really think about like, oh, you're this age. Yeah. You're still young enough to have a kid. And I'm like, uh-huh. And then fast forward the clock. It's not now that I'm concerned about. It's like <laughs> down the road, right? And my husband and I were, you know, just on vacation too. We just happened to be in Mexico and mm-hmm. we were observing another family. And it was a mom, two boys, and they maybe were like between the ages of like eight, six and eight ish. Mm-hmm. And the dad was significantly older. Mm-hmm. And my husband like totally zeroed in on this man and how much older he was than his wife as, mm-hmm. and then how young his, the boys were. And he's like, oh gosh, like I just felt exhausted for him. Right. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I, yeah, like, I don't know how, like that, that was the, like, that's my husband's actual you know, big hurdle sure. in being yeah, an older that's parent. That's he's like, I don't want to be 55, 60 with like, <laughs> you know, teenage or like preteens. And like, that sounds exhausting to me. (laughs) So yeah, it's not the now it's like, they're with you for 18 years. Right. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Totally relate to that one. Totally relate to that one. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, you know what I love though? You know what I love though? I love that. I love seeing a 60 year old 
that you can't tell how old they are and that they're so vibrant, you know, those people exist. And I, I aspire to be like that when I get to that stage. Yeah. I think if you have the mindset of, you know, your children are going to keep you young and youthful, then it kind of doesn't really Mm -hmm. matter what age, right? Mm -hmm. What was, I guess, the biggest challenge for you when you were meeting those younger first time moms in those, in those mommy and me groups? What, you know, what was a disconnect for you that you're like, really forced you to be like, I want to meet other moms in my age group? Yes. You know, that's a tough one to answer because, and that might just be my bias as to why I felt like I need to meet someone that's my age. It's probably my bias, right? Because no matter what, I was connecting with them. We still Mm -hmm. had, you know, we still had nice conversations because the, the common factor between us was like the love and the joy of of being able to have this child with us that we're going to raise, right? These children. And that's a factor that no one can take away. That's going to, that's common between us. We share the same struggles, right? So I think it was a bias that I just felt like I need to be with people that are my peers because they've lived a longer life, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it might also be because there's things I want to experience now at this age that a 20 year old's mindset is a little bit, it's just not there yet. It hasn't, it hasn't, the mentality of a 20 year old versus a 40 year old is a little different. A 40 year old's probably, it's probably, okay, these are obviously anecdotal. These are my comments. Yeah. A 40 year old is like, most likely has more wisdom, right? Because they've gone through a journey. They're not trying to impress anyone. Like I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm just me, right? I don't know if the 20 year old is saying what I want to hear or what's being said is in fact, what's being said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can just say like, it's a youthfulness that I have gone beyond. Um, Yeah. 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 And then I guess a mindset, mindset, really mindset. It's, I don't know what else to, how else to describe it. I think that's valid. And I think that it's true, you know, a 20 year old versus a 40 year old in the working world, like just mm-hmm. even take motherhood out of it and, you know, colleagues and peers. Yes, you're going to appreciate th- certain things about the different mm-hmm. age groups. You're going to learn. Mm-hmm. One's going to learn from the other. You know, one could be a mentor. One could mm-hmm. be you're going to, you know, someone, the younger group is going to teach us how to do technology better. Absolutely. But at the same time, there are things that we in our 40s have experienced that 20 year olds just haven't yet. Yeah. And, and here's another thing. This is a, something very important to mention. And it hasn't happened to me yet, or maybe it hasn't. I don't even know. But I had read a story, a lady who, same situation, just be, she actually had become friends. She was 40 and she had become friends with someone in their 20s. And they had never talked about age, but they had they hung out several times. And then one fine day, the age thing actually came up. And when when it was said, all of a sudden, the relationship fizzled. It was like the 20 year old was no longer comfortable with knowing that that person was at that age and vice versa. It was like, it just fizzled. So I think maybe a part of me just, it actually has that thought that, Hey, that might happen. And I don't want that to happen because I like where we are in our conversations, you know? Mm. And so it's just better to meet some people that actually are at the advanced maternal age, because we're peers. Yeah. Yeah. 
totally makes sense. I, I appreciate that one. So, okay. So you decided to find a community and cultivate this beautiful community of first time older moms. Mm-hmm. And now what, now that you like, what happened? How, how did it all go? I know you have your podcast and you have, you share these stories. Yeah. What's, what's going on in the community? Yes. So it's the, the plan is to build this out because, you know, the mission and vision is all about really uh, getting that to normalize the conversation of having children at an older age. Like it shouldn't be something that's shocking anymore. It should just be normal. And so my goal with all of this is to build out a place that people can come to like a social network. So we don't have to be on Facebook. We have our own social community that women that are on this journey can tap into for resources, for entertainment, like, you know, and and just learn and grow and grow from. And obviously I'm no expert. I I do not have a medical background. There's this, this, this community is not meant to be a place that is giving a person advice and telling them, you know, what to do because everyone's health situation it really is different. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantee that yet I can't tell everyone that you can have a baby. Of course, possibilities are there, but there's also the opposite side too. Right. And that's just reality. And this group is not just for people who have children. If somebody has a desire and they're trying to conceive, I think that they can learn from this group as well. Or if you've had children a long time ago, and you're planning to have, like you had children in your twenties and now you want to have another child in your forties, it's going to be a different experience. And so it's great to have a community to tap into because this experience is going to be different. So it's for them as well. And so the now, the, the now what is let's grow, let's make this more than a, than just a podcast. It's got to be more and it's going to be more. It's too early for me to exactly say what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel Jessica, like, maybe I'm doing this, building this out too early, you know, but this can't be early. I mean, a decade ago, women, the average age of having a child was 21. Now it's 26. A decade from now, it's probably going to be 32, 32. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's get this together, everyone. And like move this forward because while we're doing this, we're also empowering women. We shouldn't feel like it's a bad thing. And often when you go to that MD's office, I've heard many stories from women. I know a woman who has changed her doctor five times because they're looking at her case like she is not possible. Oh, she's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. But guess what? She's pregnant right now, 14 weeks. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely still a really big stigma around older first time or even repeat moms, repeat moms less so because they've had kids already younger and, you know, maybe they're coming in for their third and they've now Mm -hmm. just kind of tipped the scale. But I know that there's definitely a stigma for first time moms, Mm -hmm. high thirties, early Mm -hmm. forties. And I remember, you know, when I was at the fertility clinic going through our stuff, you know, anybody who is over the age of 37 takes Mm -hmm. like high priority in the IVF world because they're about to age out, Mm -hmm. right? Because the government won't even let you do it after Mm -hmm. a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with it too, is that pressure of when you're being told the window is for you to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of need to kind of break that ceiling. Absolutely. And let women decide, you know, (laughs) 
what they, what and when they do with their bodies mm-hmm. and how they decide to reproduce. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about this initiative that you're moving forward and growing. Does it feel like maybe your second baby, this project? <laughs> that's, that's a good one, actually. <laughs> Hard to say that because I want a second baby. <laughs> I don't want this your other. Okay. Your other, baby, I do want a second baby. baby. Yeah. But, but I understand. I, I, I get it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I hope that you can be with me on this journey to see it grow. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I love it. So where can people find you if they are somebody who is, you know, quote unquote, part of this, you know, community age group and demographic <laughs> and motherhood who want to tap in and be around others like them, where can they find you? So Instagram, first time moms beyond 35. And you can also go to Google and just type that in first time moms beyond 35 and the podcast will show up. So if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, it's there. Same with Google and on Anchor. Excellent. And you're, you're always looking for new moms to interview. Always, and share their stories. Every, yes, always, always. You're invited. Everyone is welcome. Like as long as you fit in that category of, you know, leading up to maybe you're not 35, maybe you're 34 and you're like scared about approaching that age. You're welcome. You know, I featured people that have adopted a child, donor eggs, donor embryos, queer and wanting to become a mother and having become a mother. So there's a lot of topics to explore. I'm even going to going to interview a friend who is already in her forties as well. And she became an instant mom because of her relationship. She's in a relationship with a guy and he already has teenage children and they all live together now. And so she's like taken on that role of like a second mother for them. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do a story about, you know, being a bonus mom. mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cause that, that counts too. Her first um, time doing it in her forties. Yeah. Because this is not just about the physical thing mm-hmm. that, that women go through for, you yes. know, giving birth to a child, yes. but it's also the life of a mother. Correct. And however you became a mother adoptive Correct. step, you know, foster, exactly. you're now caring for children in your older years and you're like, yeah. what is going on? Yes. Yes. I need my people. And this is the place for you. I love that. Yeah, I love that. You. Oh my goodness. Isabel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having story. me. I love this story and I'm so happy for you and your wonderful hubby conceiving your daughter. What's her name again? Vida, which means, yeah, it means life in Spanish. Everyone recognizes that usually when we say her name, Vida. It's also a Persian name. It means prominent. So I can say she's got two, like it means two meanings. She's got a prominent life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And hopefully one day soon, there'll be a little sibling for baby Vida. Yes. God willing. Mm -hmm. God willing. So she's a toddler now. So my final question for you is how's toddler life? (laughs) Because I hear of all the stages. Toddlerhood is like the one that challenges you the most and really makes you question yeah. like, why the hell did I do this? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's every day. And it's like, it's on repeat, you know, the tantrums. I want this, not the blue t-shirt, the red t-shirt. You give the red one, not the red one, the yellow one. You get the yellow one, not the yellow one, the blue one. <laughs> Same thing with the toothbrush. Same thing. with like It's just like everything. <laughs> and then it's- I want to do it myself. <laughs> It's a challenging age for sure, but it's probably magical to watch as a mom, 
especially a mom of a daughter who you are watching her set her boundaries and use her voice and demand what she wants. And although it's frustrating in this toddler form, Uh you know that those are the skills she needs to have as a future woman. Exactly. (laughs) So you're like, I'm going to let you get away with this. Exactly. Just know Mm -hmm. that I Mm -hmm. really wish I could put you in your place right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've, We've learned that choices have helped. So we give her choices. So she feels like she's, she's in control. Yeah. Try to do that. We try to do that as often as possible. And, and even with that, <laughs> she takes it up a notch. <laughs> but so yeah. it sounds like you've been, you've been around a lot of toddlers because you totally get it. Totally. I have yeah. lots of nieces and nephews yes. and the toddler age is to me, the mo- as an auntie, toddler age is the most fun. Yeah, right? it, it is fun. Um, it is fun. Because now they're a little old enough to interact. Yeah. They got voices. Yes. They can tell you what they want, all the things. But it's definitely, definitely mm-hmm. a challenge when they're, you know, trying to stake their claim and yeah. learn and develop mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the independence and, and mm-hmm. all the things. Yeah. So fun. So fun. So you, as a, having a toddler and then you're like, yeah, let's do this again. Let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back yeah. to the beginning and start all over again and have yeah. another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because they say, you know, me not being a mom, but they say that you don't remember what it's like to give birth until you're back in the room giving birth. And you're like, oh, yeah, somehow mm-hmm. it, like it gets erased from the memory because mm-hmm. if anyone actually really remembered, they'd never mm-hmm. do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I've, I've got no comment. Because yeah, you're like, yeah, mm, yeah, that's probably really true. <laughs> But awesome, Isabel. Thank you so much. And I look forward to tracking with this journey and to see where a baby Vita grows up to be and this initiative and this podcast and this show and this community that you're building. It sounds fantastic. So if this episode resonated with you, if you fall into the category of being a 35 plus first time mom or second time mom or wannabe mom, or you're trying to conceive and you're wondering whether... (laughs) this is really what you want to do and what would life look like for you as an older mom connect with Isabel, find her on Instagram, find Mm -hmm. her podcast. I'm sure she will welcome you into the community. Or if you know somebody who's experiencing some of this and this episode might be helpful for them, please share it because it might just help them figure out their own. Now what? That is it from us. Thank you so much. We will see you again next week for another episode. And don't forget, follow us on social media, like, share, comments, all the things, because that is how more people learn about the show. All right. See you next Thank week. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank? Now what? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do how to move forward and help you answer. Now what? See you on the next episode.